Have you ever bought a fake ticket at a major sporting event? And what can it teach you about coaching? Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Hi, Rory. How are you? Hey, Paul. I am terrific. It's glad I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, my friend. I am so glad you're here too. And we're going to talk about the idea of coaching and how it really does grow you as a mm-hmm. manager, as a team member, and in, in your entire organization. Right. And a lot of people have talked about this, but you figured out that, or you've learned mm-hmm. that. It really is the thing that has the most impact in an organization, right? I think absolutely. In my mind, there is no question that a coaching organization has the most profound impact on the entire organization. Uh, I've been doing speaking consulting for organizations for 25 years. I was the CEO to a couple of organizations. I've done lots of training and coaching for folks. And the most important and powerful tool I have come across is coaching and the impact it can make on organizations. Excellent. Now, you um, are going to be talking about a major sporting event. Yes, I am. And buying a fake ticket. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I'm sure. Were you duped or what happened? I did. I got completely duped. And here, here's the thing. I was in New York City, and after an event, I was speaking in New York on coaching skills and uh, for the great folks at the Connex Conference. And so I want to be thankful to them that they had their conference and want to give them a shout out. So after I was speaking to their conference, I decided to go uh, get some dinner, and then I decided to go solo to the Rangers game. So I'm going to the Rangers game, and I went to the concierge, and he said, I said, hey, what's the best way to get tickets? And he says, walk into the arena and buy them officially. He says (laughs) that if you buy them outside, it's highly likely you're going to get fake tickets. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, oh, I've bought uh, sporting event tickets uh, here in Kansas City many, 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 many times. Bought them well below face value, literally hundreds of times. There's just, even when the Chiefs were good, I was able to buy Chiefs tickets very, very inexpensively. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, oh, I've done this. I can do this. And, you know, I'm going to ask them for their ID. Okay, so I'll just do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you're enjoying this and that's, I am, that is, this is funny <laughs> i can't wait to hear where this goes so i i'm walking out there confidently and and so this a guy approaches me and he goes hey you need tickets for the game and i said uh, yeah and he goes uh you know he showed me the ticket and it was you know the the, the classic uh a ticket master ticket oh, printed officially felt official both sides back and front you know had the tear off blah 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 and i thought oh this got an official ticket and uh so then, you know, I go get some cash. I pay the guy for the ticket. I go in, go through security at the at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> go up, and I saw people in front of me, and they hit the, you know, they hit the little dinger, and ding, yeah. ding, ding, and I got in, and where they get in, and I'm right behind them, and it goes clank, clank, dunk, and then no, he goes, this doesn't work, and uh, I said that was my fear that it in fact would be a fake ticket, so. I then, in fact, walked to the actual official counter, bought a ticket, and then went back in the game. So I got to pay twice, which was just a great experience. But my question on the way back from that event was, what is Why didn't I listen to the guy at the (laughs) hotel? Concierge, yeah. I should have listened to the concierge. Uh, I didn't go back to the concierge and say, hey, you were right, Uh, but I should have. But I asked myself the question, what does this teach me about coaching? What is how does coaching in this event have something in common? And there's basically two things. I, 
I gotta tell you, usually I'm not making I'm, that connection. No, I'm knowing where you're going, and I, and right. I don't know this time. I, I'm, I'm engaged. <laughs> I'm ready. To, where is he going with this? You're typically because you're typically going. Hey, we've prepared this. Yeah, I, I didn't I, tell you this story ahead of time. Right. So you're, you're absolutely. This is cold for you, just like it is yeah. everybody who's listening. And so I did on the way home. Rather than get angry, I said, "Okay, what can I learn from this event?" And how can I help people learn from this event that I made the mistake? So how can I turn this, you know, uh, $100 uh, mistake into a lesson for our listeners? Mm -hmm. And there was two things that really came about uh, from that process. Number one, I should have been more prepared for facing folks who were fake. Because I got to tell you, this guy was incredibly persuasive. I mean, he was good. And I was like, I wanted to say to him, I'm going to go back to him later and say, Man, if you were actually a legitimate salesperson, <laughs> not just selling fake tickets, yeah. okay? If you were a legitimate salesperson, because he's got a risk of getting caught there, right? right? And I said, if you were a legitimate salesperson, you would be doing great. I mean, you would be knocking it out of the park. You had me absolutely convinced. I asked you a number of questions, and you, you were very confident, self-assured, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, all of that. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, you know, when I was getting the ticket from him, I said, okay, before I gave him my cash, I said, show me your uh, ID. And he had, you know, the ID that shows that he, in fact, could sell tickets at at sporting events. And he showed that to me. And the mistake I made is this is going back to before your your coaching event, be prepared and be prepared for a number of questions. We call it the cluster of evidence questions. And I didn't ask for the cluster of evidence questions. I just got one piece of information and I made a transaction based on that one piece of information. He showed me an ID, which was obviously a false and fake ID. Mm -hmm. And I took it to be authentic and went from there. What I should have done is said, okay, now pull out your driver's license. Yeah, see if it matched and all that. Now pull out some credit cards. Yeah. And I want to see all of those to see if they match because Mm -hmm. typically people can have one fake ID, but they won't have four or five fake IDs. Right. And I noticed when he was reaching into his wallet, and this should have tipped me off, I kind of had that bell going out the back of my head going, why is he reaching into his wallet so carefully? Why is he not letting anything else open up? He just reached into it so carefully. And so uh, with that, it goes from preparation and then also making sure that you follow up with the questions that are important. And so that's uh, really my mistake, but it was a great learning event for people who do coaching because are we prepared? And then when we're doing the coaching event, do we ask enough questions to really try to get where we want to go? That day, I obviously went to Madison Square Garden, which I got to tell you, the Rangers did win. It was a great experience. Uh, In the first three minutes, we saw two major fights, which you rarely get. And I got to tell you, the Rangers have the greatest cheer after a goal there is. And I think you're actually going to play it right now, aren't you? Here it is. <laughs> that sounds fun. It was great fun. And you're not thinking of the money you lost. You're I don't care. By that point. Okay, okay, yeah, it's like, it's just like, I'm not going to let an event like that ruin my night. So my point is, I will absolutely go back to Madison Square Garden to see the Rangers play again because I love hockey and I love uh, the NHL. And uh, the Rangers are now like my uh, in my you know adopted team because just they've got a great franchise, a storied franchise, but they've got the greatest after after a sporting event cheer I've ever seen of anybody. I mean, 
Major League Baseball team should have that if they score a goal. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, to score a run. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Yes, or, absolutely. You know, it just it's the greatest after goal cheer. It's pretty good. It, it is absolutely terrific. But the question is, you know, are we asking enough questions yeah. uh, from your perspective? So, so when you went through, to use this as the analogy, were, do you think maybe you didn't ask a lot of questions because you were so anxious for it to be true? And, you know, right. coaches do that a lot. They just, oh, yeah, he's fine. I don't want to deal with it. They don't right. ask the questions. They're not curious enough about it. Yeah, and curiosity is the key. I failed you know, miserably on the curiosity scale, I should have asked a number of questions. So we as coaches, we've got to make sure that we're curious of what's being authentically curious. And if we can be authentically curious, then we can be great coaches. Mm -hmm. And that day I just wasn't authentically curious enough to continue to ask him a number of questions, as I mentioned earlier. And so with us, when we're coaching, if we get that first or second or third answer and it's the answer we want, that's because they're telling us what we want to hear. Are we really, truly getting the truth? Are we also helping them grow? And do we, are we getting where we want to get together? And so my day with that event, I didn't get to where I wanted to go that day because I didn't go to Madison Square Garden. I didn't get in Madison Square Garden with that first ticket, but I got in with the second ticket um, because I went to some place that was authentic. We've got to make sure that we're going to someplace authentic by making sure that we're curious when we're coaching. And curiosity is really critical to our success. How do you develop curiosity? I mean, a lot of times it's people have been people say that they have natural curiosity or that type of thing. How do you build that in yourself? Just continue to get excited about what how can I get deeper in understanding this individual? Because the deeper we understand them, the deeper we have a better grasp of where they're coming from and the challenges they're facing, then we can help guide them or help them discover where they want to go in this process. So curiosity is just. Uh, you know, a, just a basic foundation of my coaching. You know, I, I love the coaching process. You and I have done almost 90 episodes of this by itself. I've worked with literally dozens of clients, uh, major organizations where I do coaching for the entire organization. And I just love to find, you know, what's that next level for that person? Mm-hmm. What's that next level for that individual? And I just think that's the key to being curious is just what's underneath that? What's that next layer as you peel that onion knowing, away? And knowing that next level helps you tie it back to um, building their their potential, right? Absolutely. Because okay. we want to we make sure that we build their self-belief, their awareness, their self-belief, and build their potential. So if we don't build, if we don't build awareness... And if we don't build responsibility, if we don't build self-belief, we're not going to help that individual grow. And those are really the keys. If we're not being curious enough to get to those three levels, there's no way we're going to be a great mm. coach. And I think that's one of the keys of, of keeping us from that. So you really have to plan things out. When you ask, when you're trying to go to that deeper level, mm-hmm. you have to plan on what questions you're going to ask. Yeah, and that's really critical from two perspectives. One is, you know, you might have a coaching session that's only two minutes long. Or you might have an hour-long session. So depending on what you're facing here. When I'm working with organizations and I talk to managers about working with their folks and they want to get to that highest level or that most challenging level, they've really got to spend some time talking about what are the issues that they're focused on? What are the issues that they're challenged about? So you've really got to, you know, if you're going to have an hour-long session, I highly encourage the folks that I work with to have out some written uh, game plan. And also I ask them this question. Will this individual, particularly if it's a performance um, coaching session, that this person's not mm-hmm. living up to the level of expectation of the organization, 
then I ask them the question, all right, let's do the very, very first question. Are they going to be receptive to this conversation or are they going to be resistant to this conversation? And then having questions based on that. And sometimes with managers, they can tell me, oh, they're going to, they're, they're, a winning, they're a winning individual. They want to work with us. They're going to be great about being receptive. Excellent. Then we'll follow that path. But if a manager says, oh, I don't know, this could be a coin flip, they could be resistant or they could be receptive, then let's go ahead and map out those plans so you've got that dual approach to it. But if it's only like a two-minute uh, coaching conversation, hey, tell me about what happened with this. And, well, you know, this was the result of it. What did you learn from it? And what do you plan to do forward? And what's your confidence level with this will, in fact, fix the problem going forward? Then, uh, you know, problem solved. Mm-hmm. And just like when I was at the arena, uh, now I'm going to go back and they're going to have to give me uh, a draw of blood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do DNA testing. Um, and then I'm going to fake that I've got an app in my phone and put the numbers in and say, uh, oh, this is a fake ticket. No, it's not going to work. You know, mm-hmm. that just kind of play with their brain in that process. Or I may just say the heck with it and just go up to the ticket counter and buy a ticket, particularly for an event. It's like if it's not a, a playoff game. But I've seen a number of people who have ended up with fake tickets at major league sporting events and that's never never good so how do you get yourself into the mindset of that coaching session from the start that is one of the most profound and best questions there is i'm I'm so glad you asked that and one of the things i do obviously is go back and review my notes and what's the history of this individual and what are the challenges that they've faced because if I've got a better understanding of the challenges they've faced and their history, then I can you know, get that mindset of, okay, oh, we're going to talk about these things. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. And so that's, that's one of the most important aspects of it, getting that mindset, asking them, what are they, what are they doing? And then also, uh, is this situation similar or different to other folks that I've worked with or coached? How are they going to respond in that way? I also ask myself, how am I going to promote accountability for this person? How am I going to make them aware and responsible in this conversation? And what questions can I ask to help create awareness and responsibility? And then also, what questions can I ask or what can I tell them to make sure that I build their self-belief? Because the key is we want to work with them in such a way that their accountability and responsibility grows, but we want them to walk away feeling better about themselves as an individual after it, that I believe in them. I know they can do this. We've got a game plan here that they can carry out, and they feel good about it. And then also I ask the questions or I ask myself, what questions can they take or have not taken, you know, after each coaching session? How far have they progressed? Because we've had some people who've progressed very, very quickly up the, the ladder and some people are kind of plateauing. And so we've got to challenge them. Okay, you're kind of plateaued. What do you want to do going forward? And then we want to also talk about the new possibilities that they can pursue. Uh, what are the outcomes that they want now, given where they're at now? Uh, what's the next level they want to go up to? Or if they're plateaued, how do we get to that next spot? Because it's always a question of how do we go forward? And then uh, I think this is a, a great perspective here on this one right here is challenge them to shoot for excellence and higher goals. And I want to talk for a moment yeah. about a guy named Matt Schulman. He's a, an archery. He actually holds a world record in archery, and but he has no arms. And he's actually one, yeah, so he has no arms, but he's absolutely a world-class archer. And uh, the way that he came about this was uh, he wanted to provide for the family, couldn't get a job anywhere, and so nobody would hire him because he didn't have any arms, uh, but he was absolutely capable, and so he decided that he was going to go buy a bow and arrow and go out in the woods and see if he could hunt a deer. And he did, in fact, kill a deer to help feed his family because his wife was providing for everything, and he was like, you know, what do I do, how do I do this, things like that. So he then decided that he was, in fact, going to work on archery, and he started becoming good at it. 
And when he became really good at it, uh, he but he wasn't world class yet. Uh, a company actually sponsored him, and when he got the sponsorship, when he got the sponsorship, one of his friends said to him, "Matt, do you know why they're giving you the sponsorship?" And he goes, "No." And he says. I think they're giving you the sponsorship not because you're one of the most outstanding archers in the world, but they want to bring attention to their product because the fact you have no arms. And he thought about that for a while, and he said, you know what? I'm really going to now become excellent at it. And that person making that observation, basically asking him the question, you know, why are you getting the sponsorship, and then giving them the answer um, and you, you don't want to do that in a coaching session. You want to ask the question, why do you think you're getting the sponsorship and have them come up with the question? So obviously his friend didn't know the coaching model, but that's okay. He still asked a great question about what, why are they doing this? And so that really made a huge impact on him. And he decided that he was going to be world-class after that point. So that's, if you can challenge your folks that you're working with your team members to really get involved and focus on a higher level goal like that. You know, look how much that person inspired Matt to go way beyond what was perceived. Here's a guy that has no arms, and now he has a Guinness World Record. He's won the World Champion Archery competition before. So he's just a great, great competitor, and I just think that's absolutely excellent. So if we could do that as coaches to challenge people to get to that highest level, that is really absolutely terrific. So how do you adopt that coaching mentality? You know, that is really great. That's a really great question. I've got three ideas to help overcome that or to adopt that coaching mentality. Number one, overcome the desire to be directive and to coach. You've got to make sure that you have an open-ended process. Rather than providing solutions, help your team members explore options and aspirations. Asking questions allows that individual to challenge their assumptions and to explore new ways of thinking. So you need to become comfortable with that uncertainty of where are they going to take you. You've got to be comfortable with they may lead you in a path you don't want to go, but it may in fact be the path they need to pursue. And then also be prepared to observe them and not change the team member. Let them discover the path. And again, Matt Schulman, the great archer, he had to discover his path. Mm -hmm. You know, his parents, when he was a young man, um, he would be challenged. You know, how do I eat with with no yeah, arms. Yeah. How do I, you know, dress myself? How do I brush my teeth? And his parents basically said to him, you know, Matt, you're going to live in an abled world. You face these challenges. You've got to fi- you've got to figure it out so that you can in fact make an impact in your mm-hmm. society. And so he did that. And I think that's a great thing is to be able to observe them and as Matt Schulman's parents observed him, they didn't try to change him. They said, how can you adapt yeah. to the environment you're at? And I think that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And told him he could do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, there's no question from their mindset that you could do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because his actual original parents uh, put him up for adoption oh, wow. very shortly after he was um, you know, born. And so his adoptive parents took him. They already had six children. He was number seven. And brought him into a whole family and said, okay, Matt, you got to do this. And wow. they just loved him. And they loved it. So I think that's another key, too, is as a coach, you've got to believe that they can do this, and you've got to truly give them that care that I care enough for you to help you through this path. Mm-hmm. And then Matt obviously, obviously responded to that. The folks you coach with will respond to that, too. And I think that's just a, an important key. And then the third thing you need to do with regards to adopting that coaching mentality is remember the wins. Yeah. Um, you know, you've had, you'll have some setbacks, but remember the times that it worked. And those are the important keys. 
You know, I think that's a really important concept because uh, it's so easy to remember the failures or the setbacks. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so difficult to remember the wins. Mm-hmm. And you just you got to remember both of them to to improve. Right. And we remember the remember the losses because we learn so much more from when we fail. But it's important in the coaching process to remember those wins. So that it's in fact made a positive it's made a positive impact in people's lives. And when you can remind them of the progress they've made, and, and now because they've made progress, they're going to rise up to facing some challenges that are going to be difficult, and that's and, okay. And managers aren't focused on wins because their boss comes in and tells them where they uh, need to hit the new goal or whatever it is. Is right. that right? Is yeah. that why they're not focused on remembering the wins? Yeah, or they're trying to, rather than trying to help them with the wins, they focus on what they want to change with them or yeah. how they want to get them to this point. And sometimes it takes people some time to get to adjust and to get to that process. So I think that's an important key, too, to think about. So you mentioned at the beginning Mm -hmm. um, that curiosity is important. Mm -hmm. And really asking those questions can bring out those deeper understanding. What are the best questions that you should be asking in a coaching session? Yeah, That's a great one. I love that question in itself. You know, what are some of the best or what are some of my favorite questions that I ask? And obviously, one of my favorite questions is of employees, what is your perception of my expectation of you? Because if we understand the perception they have of our expectations, then we've got clarity and communication. But another great question is, you know, asking that team member, what are their goals? You're going to also ask them, what do you feel is holding you back from achieving your goals? And I think that's a great, a great question is what are the challenges you're facing? What's holding you back? I've heard you mention that a lot, mm-hmm. asking people what their goals are or mm-hmm. where they see themselves. Right. And it seems so simple of a question, but a, a question that's completely forgotten a lot of times in a coaching session. Right. And it's forgotten a lot of times just for managers themselves. I had a CEO recently and I said, uh, you know, who was the most influential person in your life or one of the most influential persons? And obviously he mentioned his parents and other managers, but he mentioned one manager the very first day that he went into the organization and he said to him, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to be a CEO. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to help you do that. And so from that moment forward, and this CEO now has been a CEO for almost 20 years, he still goes back and has lunch with his mentor to tell him, hey, I appreciate it. And the mentor says, hey, you did all the work. He says, Mm -hmm. but you gave me the chance. And it's so important to ask people what is their goal. And if you can help them achieve that goal, then you can be an extraordinary mentor and coach. Mm Mm-hmm. And another question I love to ask them is what steps can you take to move forward? What beliefs or ideas are limiting you? And I think that's a great oh, one. Yeah. yeah. What beliefs better serve your vision? And, you know, how can you change your beliefs? What would you, how would you believe differently if you knew that it would work? Or what belief would you need to change that you knew that that would lead you to that path? And I love this one right here. On a scale of one to 10, how confident are you in achieving this goal? And you've got to have a certain level of confidence, but you don't want to be so confident it's easy because we want to make sure that we pick goals that are challenging, but not are so easy that it's just a slam dunk. We want to make sure that, uh, I mean, that's why a basketball goal is set 10 feet high and not 100 feet high. 10 feet, we can hit it. 100 feet, we couldn't. And how do you think you'll react after you achieve your goal? Great question. Yeah, because, I mean, sometimes you got to spike the football Mm -hmm. and get really excited about the win. And then how committed do you feel towards this goal? and your ability or your desire to achieve it because that's an important key too on a, on a scale of one to ten how committed are you uh you know are you willing to go through a wall to make it happen and what's the one thing that you've encountered that is keeping you from being successful 
And I think that's a great thing to talk about. And what will you, what will absolutely make the most significant difference between you and success or you and failure mm-hmm. in this process? What's that one thing that you need to do in order to hit that? And if you can do that, you, it's remarkable what you can accomplish. And these questions are part of a conversation, not just right. Um, one by one, it, yes. because you're really putting the thought bubble over them, mm-hmm. especially that last one. Right. You want to make sure you get the thought bubble over their head. And the other side of the coin is too. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. You would script. You might script these out, mm-hmm. but you may want to glance at them during the conversation and say which one is appropriate for this part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Which one is the best question I can ask? Because you want it to be conversational and not. Um, a component, not a process. Yeah. And we actually had a podcast here about what, about six weeks ago, I think on don't make coaching a process, make it a conversation. Mm -hmm. And your observation there is an excellent one, but I think those are the keys of doing that. And so if you were to prepare for your conversation with your team members and, uh, and, and not buy a, buy a fake ticket at a major sporting event like I did for the Rangers game because <laughs> it might teach you something about coaching. And the question is to ask before ask yourself before you start the coaching process, but also the questions you want to ask during the transaction or during the process with your, with your team members. So questions you would ask yourself before you coach. And then what do I need to do? What do I, need, what do I want to lead this person? Where do I want them to go? How do I want them to get there? then what questions should I ask them in order to help them with that process? And making sure that we're asking enough questions, we get a cluster of evidence that we feel confident that they can get where they want to go so that we don't buy a fake excuse from them or a fake story and end up where we don't want to go. Because I didn't get to go to to Madison Square Garden the first time. I did, in fact, get there the second time. And I got to hear uh, the great Ranger cheer. So, Well, Rory, I think that is all good stuff, and I think you've scored again. All right. Yay, Rory! <laughs> You're the best, Paul. You're the best. But we got to hear this cheer, man. We got to hear the cheer. If people want to score like you, absolutely, they want to help your team win. Right. How it, do they get a hold of you? That is a great question, and I love the uh, Rangers cheer in the background. We may make this a normal thing uh, mm-hmm. from now on. But they can get a hold of me at RoyRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. Also, we've got Coaching Manager University. It's a 52-module program that can help them become better managers. They can contact us to say, how can I get signed up for that? And that would be a great way for them to win. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Make sure you celebrate your wins. Absolutely. Celebrate the wins. Thanks, Paul. Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, 
visit RoryRoland.com.